Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today I'm going to talk about the monster boy with a tan. Now this is an interesting phenomenon that occurs whenever you're with a woman that you've attained a certain level of lust for, and you finally do get her in that classically unforgettable position and you bust a huge one huge and of course it's like a geyser and you it completely overtakes your whole body you'll just never bust a nut like that again and your whole relationship will become an attempt to try to recreate that nut which you will never get but you will constantly become obsessed with it. And, and she, as the source of it, will become a, an object of absolute obsession. You'll notice that um, that's the monster boy condition. The monster boy condition is just like the obsession with a particular girl in a lustful way that eclipses all other women and makes you obsessed in a way that eventually gets you dumped. Um you become so attached sexually to this one girl that she starts to sense it and starts to feel very confined and starts to feel very uh, stifled by it. And so eventually she starts to pull away. And the monster boy's first thing that happens is the monster boy gets extremely jealous and extremely paranoid and extremely unpleasant to deal with when not having sex and tries to emotionally manipulate and, and abuse the, the girl in a way as ways, a means of keeping her. It never works. And she ends up leaving him and he is devastated, destroyed really. And uh, the first thing that happens is, um, I mean, there's two things that can happen to you in a relationship. Um, that, that are bad. And one is the fat skinny kid, which is the thing I talked about on the last show is just like uh, a complacency, uh, a retaining of water, uh, just a kind of like Joe Schmo kind of existence that, you know, you're about 10 pounds overweight. You just can never get that 10 pounds off. Uh, you, you, you live life in the middle. You're just kind of treading water and, trying to entertain yourself jerk off here and there just have a good time while you're here just kind of waiting in life and it's a, the fat skinny kid often gets dumped too um, they get dumped for a different reason but actually it's it's more it's uh, sorry my jacket is super loud it makes a lot of noise I don't think it's real leather which is a good thing but it makes the sound um, so what was I saying? Yes. So this monster boy, I mean, this um, fat skinny kid situation, which I talked about last show, is just, it is also characterized by a kind of lust, um, but it's more of just like a tame, like you've attained what your lust was looking for, so then you start to just become complacent, and you start to um, just let yourself go a little bit. And usually the woman that you're with will is fine with it because you're kind of subservient. You're, you're not exciting, but at the same time, you're not going, 
you're pretty a safe bet with them. And, you know, you're, you're taking probably decent good care of them. They don't like it that you've taken them for granted, but, um, and, and, and that can often lead to a, a wandering eye, but you're oblivious to that. As, as a fat, skinny kid, you don't even suspect or care or think about your wife cheating on you. It's like you do get a little jealous here and there, but it's nothing like a monster boy. Now, with the monster boy, it's a whole different story. It usually comes after courting um, a woman that, or let's just say anybody who you were really attracted to and you had to do a considerable amount of effort to get them. Those people will, if when you finally do get them in a sexual situation, you it's like, it's great because it took so much effort. You know, when you get something, that's why women who like give it up really quick, like, and they wonder why the guy doesn't call. Like, it, it, it's, it has to be a little bit difficult or else the guy's just going to take it as easy and not valuable. It's just simple horonomics. Don't ask me. I didn't come up with horonomics. Mike Trojan did. And uh, it's it's a brilliant thing that you can't really you can't really deny and one of these days we'll go through it. But the very the basic is the idea is that nobody really wants who wants them. If somebody really wants you, you're suspect in that, and you start to think that the guy's more of a loser than somebody who really wants you personally. It, you start to look at it as an underlying condition rather than a real genuine show of affection, and it's a turnoff. It's a fucking turnoff. So guys who get really attached sexually to a particular woman are usually bucked off within the next few months because of just the sheer annoyingness of it. And um, so going, switching over from the, I still believe the monster boy is preferable to the fat skinny kid. Often the monster boy will be in great shape. The monster boy will be like the perfect guy, but except for this problem that he's just obsessed with, the sexual, just having sex with a particular woman. And uh, it's very uncomfortable for a woman. As much as they love to be the center of attention, in that kind of thing, they don't want to be. They'd rather be, um, how you say, they would rather be, uh, share your attention with all the other hot girls. The fact that other hot girls exist is a, a great buffer for women. They don't understand. Like, un- they understand it when they encounter a monster boy and they just wish for that. Like, they hate it that they're the center of this person's um, whole existence. And it, it's it's very unattractive. And that's one of the big traits of the monster boy is not only does he have a tan, that's, that's a little added feature there. It's like, for some reason, you seek out a tan. You, I think it's because you're trying to be the perfect guy for her so she doesn't buck you meanwhile you're like a total asshole with a tan so so you might look good with your tan but you're a dick and you don't really behave well and you're just so afraid of losing her and you see other other every other guy is a threat and you're just jealous one of the clear sign that the monster boy is forming is if you start drooling on her when you're having sex with her it's just that's a that's a that's a telltale sign. And then, of course, just the nut itself. It's like a super 
huge nut, like like super powerful, then it's it's something that um, is going to is going to trap you into this state. Now, is there a way once you're going, this happens to you, like how do you prevent it? How do you stop it from happening? The trick is to interact with other women that you think are beautiful. And that doesn't mean to, um, to, to, to cheat on your, or your woman. It's more just to disperse your energy among other females and to collect energy from other females. It doesn't have to, you can collect sexual energy from another female without actually having any sex. So, but you should be doing that. You should be having interactions with other female women. And that's one way to guard against Monster Boy. Did I just say female women? Well, anybody who you are attracted to, okay, it doesn't matter the sex. This this applies on all on all sexes. I just I'm talking from the point of view of man woman because that's that's my orientation. So you can graph on your sexuality to whatever, but these these directives apply to any sexuality. You you want what you think you can't have and when you get something that you thought you couldn't have the nut is bigger okay and then it's just the orgasm is bigger and then that orgasm ties you to this person because they're the source of just like this this super pleasure now why is it that the orgasm is so important and usually that's inversely related to your anxiety level like you are not able to have your capacity for having an orgasm is like directly related to your anxiety level and your anxiety level of not being able to get her was so high that when you finally did get her and, and had sex with her, the pop was the, the reverse of it. Your reverse of your anxiety was like a major orgasm. So anxiety and orgasm and anxiety and lust are two sides of the same exact coin. You can't have one without the other, and, like, one produces the other. And so that's why you know that if you're feeling a ton of lust, you're feeling a ton of anxiety. You, you, you need to – you're trying to get to the other side. You're trying to invert the anxiety, and you see this, this, this avenue of lust as a way to do it. And particularly when the anxiety is centered around you trying to court a particular woman, it's all tied in. I mean, you can you can get rid of your lust, and you can get rid of your anxiety for a moment by indulging your lust in other, with with other women. But when it's like this particular woman, you know she's going to get you there, and you're just eager to try again, even though it's never the it's never as good. You never get there. You will just keep trying. It's like it's like when you had a the first few cigarettes that felt really awesome and now you're a smoker and it's like they taste like a fucking toilet. It's just, uh, you're, you, and every once in a while you get a whiff of that first cigarette, it's great, but it's never as good as it was in that one moment in time when it was awesome. And you're always chasing that. And you do that with every drug too. And you do it with women, you do it with your woman, especially like, a woman that you've pursued with with a lot of gusto and anxiety. And the anxiety is, like I said, an inverse 
inversely related to your lust. So think about that next time you're just like so looking at a woman just with such lust. The fact that you're just like, oh, my God, I'm feeling so much lust, that is your anxiety just colored in a different form. And it's easier to see that way because most of us want to suppress the idea that we have anxiety. Like, I'm not, I don't have anxiety. I'm fine. Everything's great. It's like the fact that you have to say that is, is proof positive that it's not. You know, you just you shouldn't even have to even affirm it. It just should be there. And you shouldn't even have to think it one way or the other. The fact that you're posing it it's just it's pretty evident that you're not feeling that way that you do have anxiety and and that's how you can tell is your is your lust level so tremendous anxiety in the monster boy condition because they're always it's always fearful of losing the object of that monster orgasm and so that person becomes very very important in a way in an obsessive way in a possessive way that's unattractive and drives the other person away. Why do I think that the monster boy is preferable to the fat skinny? Well, like, because he's in shape. He's, he's not, I mean, you can be both a fat skinny kid and a monster boy, but uh, I guess that's the worst. And, and, but I, I often think that the monster boy cures the fat skinny kid. Cause what happens is if, if, if by chance you transform into the monster boy, you start to understand that you can't be a fat skinny kid if you want to keep this chick. So you really start to, to work on yourself and improve yourself, but for all the wrong reasons, for egoistic reasons, but reasons that you know are going to keep her around and try to keep her impressed by you. But it's, it ultimately falls short because you're not doing these things out of sheer joy, you're just doing them to impress a woman. And you, you'll get something done. You know, you'll lose a little weight. You'll just do things because you want to get this woman's attention and you want to keep it and you, and you want to make sure that she doesn't change your um, – she doesn't go for somebody else. But at the same time, because you're obsessive and you're annoying, you still get dumped. But you get dumped at least a good-looking guy. Now, like I said, the um, the fat skinny kid, he doesn't. He never. He doesn't. He rarely gets dumped. Like they keep him around. They usually cheat on him. And they, but and you know they they and and some of them actually convince themselves that they're actually really. Um, they convince themselves that, that some of these women, they convince themselves that like this, that they're in love and that they're attracted to the fat skinny kid. They just find him adorable. And like women have this way of kind of not seeing your, the weight that you've put on and just kind of accepting you as you are. If they really like truly, I mean, usually it's because they've monster boyed over you. <laughs> that, that can happen too. Women can monster boy over men. And, um, you know, the men give them such good sexual gratification that they can do no wrong. And, and they, they can actually, it doesn't matter how fat they get or how, how kind of formless they get from their cut version that, that, that scored them. And, and 
that is a monster, that is a fat, skinny producing type woman, right? One who accepts how the man can just get softer and softer and softer, and she kind of still sees the original hot guy chiseled somewhere in there, and, and doesn't even think that the guy got fat. It, it, she has just as much blinders on as the guy himself as you do when you look in the mirror. And so you both are sort of complicit in creating this fat skinny kid, which eventually one day she wakes up and sees when she sees you next to like some other guy. And she's like, Oh shit, I'm not attracted to this guy anymore. He's a fat skinny kid. So usually what happens is either you go either into one camp or the other, depending on who the girl is. If the girl is just like, you never feel like the girl is settled on you. You'll just, you'll go and, and you've had a hard time courting her in the first place. You're going to go full on monster boy pretty quickly. And you're, you're not going to last. You might last a year with her, but after a while, she's just going to get fed up with your jealousy and your assholeness. Just both of them combined. You're just going to terrorize her with it. Um, the fat skinny kid's going to bore her to death, but like I said, women are content to be bored. It's uh a lot of them are as long as the guy's not like a cheat and you know takes relatively good care of them they're willing to settle for the for the fat skinny kid but it's a horrible life and I, I don't think you should live as a fat skinny kid and guess what you're not here to impress a particular girl you're here to impress the goddess okay you're here to impress like the ultimate woman that's watching down, looking at everything you do and evaluating you as somebody who's interesting or not interesting, sexy or not, somebody who is getting her hot, somebody who's just like, who's looking pretty pathetic, okay? So if you're just like um, engaging in a lot of self-gratification with, Pornography. I mean, think about if if you're if the hottest girl that you've ever seen in your life is able to see what you're doing right now. Like, wouldn't you be embarrassed? Because that's what's going on. You're being watched by the most beautiful creature ever. Like, when you, if you were to see her, you'd just be like, "Oh my fuck!" Like all these hot girls you see around. They're just mere shadows of this goddess. And she can see your every move. And she wants to see something cool with what you're doing, something cool with what you're trying. And it can't just be all grindstone either. It can't just be all like living your life really annoying. Um, it has to be... I mean, sorry, not really. It, it can't just be like living your life like a workaholic trying to get things done, trying to be completely um, focused on on getting ready for the big show, for example. No, you have to actually be kind of living a fun life too in the midst of that. So you have to make time to have fun. You have to make time to have an interesting time of things. You can't just be with your nose in a book doing things. And you have to be showing her counterpart, which is the woman that you're dealing with, a good time. You know, you can't just warehouse her away. That's another form of just being a bad 
like a bad boyfriend. Now, that doesn't necessarily fall into either the category of fat skinny kid, but the fat skinny kid will do that. The fat skinny kid never wants to go anywhere. The fat skinny kid just wants to sit in front of the TV and shove some some carbs into his face. Uh, the monster boy is just like, hey, let's not go anywhere because I want you to get naked. Um, so that's that's what we're dealing with. So, you know, lust, you shouldn't have like a tremendous amount of lust. And like the only way to really, I mean, if you really want to f- use your lust, like use it as a driver to become a better man that women will lust for. Women lust for men who um, who are, who have achieved things, who have a certain kind of undeniable charisma that comes with it. Like men, you cannot um, be very charismatic if you don't feel like you're accomplished. If you don't feel like you've set out to do something and accomplished it, carry with you the weight that is attractive to women. You don't. Uh, so it's not necessary that like, she actually be impressed with what you do. It's just that you have to be impressed with what you do. And then you carry that sense of being impressed through every interaction. And that's attractive. And women find that attractive. So just understand that you, your lust is essentially telling you that your self-esteem has just dropped through the floor. And you're looking for sexual gratification, one, as a distraction, and also as a kind of validation of your sense of self-esteem. And, once, and when your self-esteem goes down, your anxiety goes up. And it's all tied together. Now, I've shown you the door out of anxiety. Anxiety is the absence of, I mean, I'm sorry, Bliss is the absence of thought. Anxiety is the presence of thought. Thought that doesn't, isn't directed by you. Your brain can either be thinking about a specific thing that you want to focus on, that you intentionally want to focus on while you're breathing. It can focus on its breathing alone. It can focus on its breathing uh, I mean, and that's it. It can focus on its breathing alone or it can focus on a specific topic while you're breathing. But it cannot focus on breathing and just daydreaming. Daydreaming will stop the breathing mechanism and then start the anxiety. Daydreaming is a form of non-breathing, which... You know, when you just think about how anxious you feel if you go underwater and you hold your breath and somebody tries to keep you underwater, you know, your anxiety will just raise exponentially. And that's kind of how you feel when you're not taking in enough oxygen is your body starts to go into alarm mode and you start ascribing all kinds of different problems to this anxiety. It has nothing to do with anything except the fact that you don't have oxygen. But you will ascribe all kinds of problems to it. And you will insert in anything that you fear, anything that you're anticipating, anything that you worry about as the, as the thought and the truth behind that anxiety. And it, there's just, it, it's completely grafted on. It's not real. 
there's only one way to um, get rid of your anxiety, and that is to take deep breaths. And no matter how many times I'm going to tell you this, and no matter how many times you're going to tell yourself that, you're still going to fuck up. You're still going to find yourself daydreaming into anxiety. But if you understand that it's just a it's just a wandering out of bliss that you can just wander back into with a few deep breaths and you can stay in as long as you keep those deep breaths up kinds of ways to keep myself breathing I really have and the closest thing I've ever been able to come to is just asking myself constantly how do I feel how do I feel right now do I feel light and airy or do I feel annoyed you should always monitor that and don't allow yourself to feel annoyed. People think that that's just the way they should feel. No, you should never feel annoyed. Even when you're annoyed, you should struggle to get out of it. And it's always because of the breathing. It's yes. Certain occurrences will annoy you, but guess what? They're brought on by the breathing. Your, your whole entire uh, parallel universe is dictated by the amount of oxygen that you're taking in. So if you take in a lot of oxygen and you keep that consistent, the things that happen to you, all these kind of unfortunate things that happen, they just won't happen. You'll live in a different parallel universe where it's a lot smoother, where you just get all the green lights while you're driving, like all the way down the road, and you just never have to like wait in traffic and, you want you you ever find yourself sitting in traffic? Do you know the best way to clear up traffic is just to take a deep breath because then you will you will actually end up in a parallel world where the traffic has just like broken. Yes. Same with computer problems. If you ever sat in front of a computer and got frustrated and the computer starts to freeze up, it's 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 part of the parallel universe you're in by being annoyed. When you're annoyed in the goddess gives you a, an annoying parallel universe to match your annoying state. Just to teach you to wake up. It's your alarm clock. Otherwise, you would just stay not breathing. And there's the danger that, yes, you're going to get into a lot of problems. But still, it's it's more worth it for you to wake up. They put you in that in that state in that universe and you get more annoyed and you have more things to be annoyed about. So the more annoyed you are, the more you will be given things to be annoyed about. And the more blissful you are, the more you will be given blissful things to get bliss about. So you have to maintain, you have to always be asking yourself how I feel. And it always has to be in bliss. And you can't be in denial. You can be like, I'm in bliss. Everything's fine. No, you have to really be in bliss, and you'll know you are. If you just take, just right now, through your nose, keeping your mouth closed, take three deep breaths, and you'll see where the bliss is. It's right there. And it doesn't, it's, it's always there. And, and it's just like, it's never any, you're never going to find it at the end of your lust. And the fact that you are, you know, you're, you're lusting for something or you're craving something or anything that you're doing that just like thinks that like an external goal is going to give you that bliss that you're looking for. 
some food, some like sugary snack. All this stuff is just, it's because you have anxiety, tremendous anxiety, and you're trying to quell it. And you see this as a, as a way of, of becoming calm again. But the calm is always there with oxygen. And sometimes you're so tired and so just out of it and so just off the track that you just cannot focus enough to, like, understand that you just have to take a few deep breaths. And so then you get into all kinds of arguments. You say evil things. You, you become tremendously difficult to deal with and, and, and a poisonous person. So it's very important that you monitor how you feel at every moment and always asking yourself, how do I feel? And when, you're, when it's not optimal, you, have, you know what the reason is and you do the breathing. And you'll see that it will silence your thoughts, it will stop the chatter, and it will reduce the anxiety right away, instantly. The door to bliss is like right there. Now, the other show, the show before this, I talked about sleeping. And it turns out that there's all these like different cycles of sleep that you need to go through. And I've talked a lot about REM sleep, but there's, there's all these other uh, stages that, that you go in and out of. I mean, every 90 minutes is kind of a cycle where you kind of go into all the different modes. So try to apportion your sleep in 90-minute intervals. If you try to if you try to apportion it in like they they say to get eight hours of sleep, that's kind of waking up in the beginning of um, a sleep cycle, and and you're going to be tremendously groggy. Maybe that's the whole point is to get you on coffee or whatever. But that's why you reach for your coffee because you've woken up mid cycle, and so yeah, you need a coffee to just like slap you in the face to get you up, get you up. But uh, if you wake up at the end of a cycle, you will feel rested, even if it's like three hours. The thing about it is you need a few of these cycles. You can't just get by. I mean, the human body has been has been kind of needing of this amount of sleep for thousands and millions of years. So it's just something that you shouldn't fight. And I, I, I understand that your testosterone is like increased by how much you sleep. So the more you sleep, the more testosterone you have. And I'm sure that's true. The vitality level of people who sleep is going to be tremendously more uh, than the people who cheat themselves asleep. So all this stuff that I'm talking about is going to be it's very easy to see on a rested mind. But when it's a tired mind, not easy to see. This is Lectures of Fallen Wisdom.